0: Jesus, I crave to know you to know you will satisfy my soul. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 60. I want to thank you for taking the time to perhaps follow along with this podcast. Uh, and if it maybe it's your first time, I welcome you. I hope that the Lord speaks to you through it. I want to thank the Lord for the reach that he has given this podcast throughout the many different countries as it continues to expand and grow into places um, all across the world. I'm thankful and I welcome each and every one of you and I hope that the Lord speaks through what is said. So we'll just jump in. Um, I did plan to go back and continue on with Jonah chapter 2 from the last episode however something pretty I guess I would call it impactful it really resonated with me as as I began to see some of these dots connect and it may be something that you may say well you know obviously that's what that meant but but something special happened in my heart as I began to see this particular scripture and connect some of the language. So we'll read it and I'll just interject some things here and hopefully that it carries the same impact that it did to me today. So we'll be in John chapter 13 and we'll start in verse 31. Uh, We will make our way into 14 and we'll just see how it goes. So we're in John chapter 13, verse 31. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children... I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. Now, I'll stop there, and I guess when, when I was hearing this, it was as though the question struck me, going where? Where are you going? And I guess it would, you know, depending on who and when we ask, you know, we, we may have our answers kind of just pop into mind. Um, but this is a question that really started to stir in me. And, and I felt that there was something to be discovered inside the text as it came alive to me. I, I just found something new and weighty. So asking the question, keep this in the back of your mind throughout the rest of the dialogue, throughout the encounters here. Ask, be asking, where is he going? And this is a question that the disciples end up kind of asking, addressing as well. But Jesus says, as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. Then he proceeds to say, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Well, that's a big, that's a weighty commandment. Um, but moving on in verse 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another Simon Peter asked him Lord where are you going okay so we're back to that back to that original uh, statement Jesus said where I am going you cannot come so Simon Peter asked him Lord where are you going Jesus replied where I am going you cannot follow now but you will follow later have you ever wondered why it seems so often that the replies that Jesus gives, the answers that he gives, the, the way he responds, it seems so, I don't know if cryptic is the right word, but, but very foggy, maybe even hazy. Like, what do you mean? Um, so Jesus' response to Simon Peter where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Now, Peter would have actually done very well to just end it with his first part A of his question Lord, why can't I follow you now? You know, Jesus addresses. The second part of his statement, Jesus answers in verse 38, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now, we know later on how that goes. In fact, Jesus is absolutely correct. And Peter does disown the Lord three times before the rooster crows but moving right along in chapter 14 verse 1 now remember originally this wouldn't have been broken into chapter and verse this helps us to navigate the lengthy letters it helps us to orient ourselves and and reference back so but remembering this was not split into sections so moving right into you will disown me 3 times then jesus says do not let your hearts be troubled now if you're peter you hear that from the lord no actually peter i tell you the truth you're going to disown me 3 times before the rooster crows that would be very troubling especially someone as confident as as peter is how maybe proud possibly arrogant um that would be very troubling but jesus very reassuringly said do not let your hearts be troubled don't don't fall into this place of despair you he says you believe in god believe also in me now I'm just going to breeze past this in the suggestion, but I think it's very interesting that Jesus says, You believe in God, believe also in me. It's almost as though it's almost as though he very he he very explicitly, but in, also insinuating the two unique persons although being one God. I mean Jesus in many places makes the confession that he is God but here it is also something that may be implication is that, he says, "You believe in God. Believe also in me." So I find that interesting. How he says also it to me creates this um, this continuity of of distinction between Father Son. So that's fascinating and also at the same time completely blows my mind. He says in verse two, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? I would challenge you to think about when you read that and you think about it. um, Do you do you think that? Jesus is actually in this heavenly realm creating rooms building finishing things or perhaps is is there more there than maybe what we give it credit for I would encourage you to think on that Um, maybe even look back at the original text, this would be, it would be Greek. So if you can uh, use a Bible app, that would, would show you what the original words there would mean. That might paint you a trail of maybe what else could be lying underneath the text there. Um, so I would encourage that. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Okay, now, remember, going back to the original statement, Jesus says, where I am going, you cannot come. And then remember, Peter asks him uh, and says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus responds, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. So remember, be asking, where are you going, Lord? And so he's back to that now. And he said, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Okay, so now Jesus is actually adding on something extra. He's saying, so he said, you can't go where I'm going. And now he adds on that, you know, the way to the place where I am going. So there's a little extra tidbit in there. So we don't know where, but we know the way. Hmm. It's fascinating. Now, Thomas in verse five chimes in and says to him, to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Now, that's a fantastic question, Thomas. Thomas and Jesus answers it. He says, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." The bingo. This is what I saw and impacted me so significantly as we go through those texts we're trying to find out where are you going and jesus says he says i'm going to take you i will come back and i will take you to be with me where i am and he tells them that you know the way to the place where i am going and thomas says we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way so jesus says I am the way. Okay? So Jesus is the way to where he is going. Where is that? Jesus says in the continuation of verse 6, No one comes to the Father except through me. So the way, which is Jesus, is a way that leads to where? The Father. So... In that, he's actually revealing to his hearers where he is going. He's going to the Father. Now, what I believe is so magnificent about this is... Now, you know, Jesus, the Father in this heavenly place we traditionally call it heaven and i think there is a significant gap in our understanding of the significance of this place called heaven now we find ourselves with in, in scripture with some descriptors that involve heaven and some, you know, the visual impact and, and some of what is going on in heaven or in this heavenly realm. Uh, we see that even in Revelation, uh, just different in different places scattered throughout, perhaps I think even the Old Testament and maybe some of the prophetic writings. But what I think and and what really struck me the most is Jesus doesn't say I'm going where am I going I'm going to heaven that's not the emphasis of of his the end of his journey he's going to the father and and I think sometimes especially If in in, uh, evangelism, we make even salvation to be this end goal called heaven, we want to make it to heaven. We want to avoid hell, and those are good things. Um, We do not want to go to hell, and we do want to spend. Eternity, which is a long time. We do want to spend eternity in a place called heaven. But more important, um, exponentially more important than being in a place called heaven, is being with the Father. So... In fact, despite what heaven could be or is, as as we can find in scripture, despite what all that is, it actually doesn't matter. It, It could be in a tin can as long as the Father is there. So... I would encourage us to perhaps rewire how we think and what significance we add to this place called heaven because rather than heaven it's about who's there and I think that we see that in a, in an essence in how Jesus even himself preached he preached the kingdom and what is a kingdom without a king you can't have a kingdom without a king and so we've put so much emphasis on the place and forgotten its ruler so i believe that that is really what what struck me so significantly in this as jesus is is slowly getting his hearers to understand his, he is departing, but he is departing to something greater. And it wasn't to a place called heaven. It was to the side of a King that we know as father. And, and it, it, it really boggles or Um, impacts the mind to think that the great God and King and creator of all the universe is is a is a person that we can call father but that's only found through relational intimacy through whom through Jesus because he says I am the way only he he said no one comes to the father except through me so we like to think there's a lot of ways to end up in this in this in this place or in this place called life but jesus demolishes that and he says no there's only one way and that's through him that's through him. And so, I would encourage you to reassess where you've put your belief system. Where you've where you've invested the 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 heart, the 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 trust in you. Where have you invested it? And what have you made or allowed to be the lordship of your life, the leading of your life? I think that, um, I was reading it in another place and, um, it escapes me at the moment, but Jesus tells his hearers, and this is a mixed crowd of, religious leaders, disciples, uh, people who are following him around. And he tells them that, that they will die in their sins, but unless, but unless they believe in me, in him, unless they believe they will not find life, and and sometimes we complicate this thing called salvation and and create this big process and schematic for how we obtain this when when scripture is is explicitly is explicitly simple believing he is him and what does that mean these jewish people who were hearing jesus in person they are well acquainted with the promise in, old, in the Old Testament of a Messiah, a, one who would come and be the Savior of all things. And this hope was, was placed in a man who would come. And for Jesus to say, it's only when you believe I am he that you will find life we may think, well, that's just, you know, that's just too easy. I mean, I believe in him, even, you know, even, even demons, even the devil you know, knows that, that Jesus is real. But one thing that we fail to remember that the audience at the time, if they would have affirmed jesus as he the one the messiah the one who who has been foretold that involved that involved a investment of everything that you hope for that can bring about life in yourself in in your personal life you only you only could invest yourself like that if if you acknowledged that he was the one and so if you could if you could affirm or confirm that in your heart that I believe you are the one who has been foretold who is to come and who is now here standing in front there would be an investment of your heart into that it would change everything it it would change everything about your life. And so if, if you proclaim, and I'm talking about us today in our day, if you say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but it doesn't, there's not a change that's happened in your life, then we must, you must question, do I believe? Because it's absolutely not a repeat after me and say all these things and then you're saved. It's about when, when Jesus says, believe in me, it's about investing your hopes and your, and your, and everything, your faith in he being the one that only can save you from everything that makes you terrible. And and in that faith and that hope and that trust we experienced the life-saving grace that's given from the father through the son through Jesus so i would challenge challenge us you me to to take a step back from ourselves and and think is is my belief in him producing something in my life that evidences the fact that I believe that Jesus is the one. And because if he is the one, then I must listen to him. I must seek him because if I don't listen to him and if I don't seek him, do I believe him? I mean, it's such an easy thing for us to get trapped into this, this thinking of, oh yeah, I believe in him, but do you? And do we? I think that many people in, in the last days, it says in Scripture, many say, will say, you know, Lord, Lord, did we not you know, do all these things, cast out devils? Did we not do all these things in your name? And, and Jesus says, I will, I will respond to them. Depart from me. I never knew you. And so that's a very sobering thing to consider that is it possible that there are those who think they know him or claim his name when in fact they don't i think a great way to assess that is how is my how is my life an example of what i believe if I believe he is who he says he is, then that puts me in a place where I must, you know, demonstrate my faith through how I live my life. And I believe it's James that says that and, then, and it's the verse that's kind of conf- taken in confusion sometimes that um, it's, not, it's not faith plus works. My faith is made evident by my what my works, how I live my life. So, um, just a sidebar there, but um, yeah, Jesus is. He says, "Going to I, where I'm going, you cannot come, but you will come later." And where is that? To be with the Father. So. I pray this was a blessing and I pray that it encouraged you, perhaps inspires you to see scripture through new eyes, to, to find the life and and nourishment that can come from his word. And I pray that you you search your heart and and see where do you find yourself and do you believe what you proclaim. So um, I pray that the spirit reveals to you what he desires, that you would have eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit says. So I thank you for taking the time and we'll see you on the next one. God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. ¡Gracias!